Jim, mold stomping grounds. <laughs> Hank Patterson, fly fishing guide. Riley Smith, tight end. Yeah, I appreciate that. Hey, you wouldn't happen to be the kicker? No, tight end. Again, thank you. I'm looking for a kicker for Lithia Ford's fall kickoff sale, but you're not the kicker. No. Yeah. Now nah, the kicker's probably taller and in a lot better shape. So, okay. What uh, position do you play? Tight end. Squats. Yeah. Try it sometime. may be retired, but I still have finances to manage. With direct deposit and automatic payments, ICCU makes it easy to spend less time banking and more time baking. RowPaint.com, the official paint and coatings company of Boise State Athletics, is going all in this season with an all-star lineup. First up, he led the Broncos to three conference championships and 10 20-win seasons. It's coach Leon Rice. Next, he's the founder and CEO of RowPaint.com. He played a little basketball in high school on the driveway with his mom. It's Andy Rowe.
Oh no. Want to just paint my house? Now that I can do. When I want Boise State to win, I trust Coach Rice to lead the Broncos to victory. And when I want the best painting and garage floor coating, I trust RowPaint.com to get that job done right. This is Bronco Nation News Live. The best interviews, the most informed opinions, the latest breaking news, all from the top Boise State insiders. Today's broadcast is coming from the Cutwater Spirits Can Cocktail Studios. Check out one of their more than 30 flavors of pre-mixed premium cocktails at your local gas station or grocery store. Cutwater Can Cocktails is perfect for your next game day tailgate party. Now, here's four-time NSMA Idaho Sports Writer of the Year, B.J. Reigns, with another edition of Bronco Nation News Live. Hey, how we doing, Boise State fans? Welcome on in. Happy Tuesday to you here at Bronco Nation News, bronconationnews.com. We got uh, KTV Sports Director Jay Tust along for his Tuesday appearance, and uh, we got a lot to get to today. We are one week away, Jay, a week from today, the first basketball game of the season. Uh, crazy to think about that. The season actually starts a week from yesterday. There are games on Monday night. The women's team uh, has an exhibition game this Friday, then they will play Monday night against College of Idaho in their first regular season game. But a week from tonight, Vanguard comes to Extra Mile Arena. Yes, the vaunted squad of Vanguard. Uh, I had to look it up. They are from somewhere in California, uh, which which I correctly guessed. Um, I'm not sure a lot of the players on Boise State's team could tell you where Vanguard is, but uh, that'll be the opening game on Tuesday night. Um, it is one of two uh, non-Division One games on the schedule, and I think Boise State smartly just put it for, put one of them first. And so it's uh, kind of like an exhibition game, but it is a real game that counts, uh, at least for the record, maybe not for the uh, NCAA tournament or the net rankings or those kind of things. But uh, you get a kind of a tune-up game against Vanguard a week from tonight, and then you get uh, the first real test against a quality San Francisco team on Sunday afternoon, uh, the following Sunday, and then it is off to Clemson. Uh, for that game and the tournament. So they're going to get right into it here. And so, uh, yeah, I got the big football game coming up on uh, Saturday. We'll obviously talk plenty of football uh, as we get ready for the uh, Fresno State game. But, uh, Jay, it's nice to look up and say one week from today, it'll be game day for the basketball team. Yeah, man. Uh, this is where the overlap, <clears throat> excuse me, and the fun begins, right? We got basketball, we got football, we got the holidays. Um, November has like its own unique energy and it can be overwhelming, but I also just kind of love it. So uh, it's going to be a fun month of November with the Boise State football team trying to, you know, compete and pull some upsets and get to a bowl game. 
And I don't know how many times we've said that. Um, and then obviously with the with the basketball season tipping this thing off and what is probably one of, if not the most hype season that we've seen for uh, this squad in, in a while. And that's saying something because the last few seasons, there's been a ton of hype. Well, I wanted to get to that. I actually wanted to ask you if they're being overhyped at all. Uh, is there any worry about that? But McKenzie says, uh, did I miss something? Why no ball talk last night? Uh, we did mention that yesterday. There was a scheduling conflict last night for Mike Sanford and Johnny. So they're going to do it this week on Thursday. So Thursday night, 8 p.m. Uh, ball talk with Sanford and Johnny as they get you set for the Fresno State game. So make sure 8 o'clock Thursday, come on back uh, for ball talk. And an early reminder, uh, it's going to be about 5 o'clock or so on November 11th, the day of the uh, New Mexico game. Uh, with the game being so late, we're still going to figure something out for postgame. We're going to have a, a huge, uh, extra long, extra big pregame show from the James Kent Riddle Mike Sanford, Brad Bedell, who any other former players, a lot of other folks are going to stop by. Taylor Tharp, you never know uh, who's going to be stopping by. Uh, Derek Schumann, uh, the guest list with Mike Sanford is endless. Of former guys that he played with, Dryzen James, uh, Shane Williams Rhodes. You have to steal him off of. Uh, I don't know if that's contractually allowed or not uh, off of uh, Jay's podcast, but uh, we're planning a big kind of just uh, story time with Mike Sanford pregame show, and uh, people will be stopping by, saying hello, and it's going to be at the James the. Day Day of the New Mexico game. Uh, it's an 8 o'clock game, so we're probably going to be out there about 5 o'clock or so. Uh, but uh, more details on that to come. But uh, be, be ready for that. And then also be ready, as I said, Thursday is ball talk uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, this week. But let's keep it on basketball for a few more minutes, Jay, here. Um, we're going to have some interviews here this week. I was down there in Vegas a couple weeks ago for the media days. Um, Boise State obviously picked second in the preseason. Uh, you see, you know, John Rothstein say they're one of the 10, you know, non-power five teams to watch. You got Andy Katz saying they're one of 10, you know, sleepers for the final four this year. Um, they're getting votes in the polls. Um what I mean, what do you make of just the hype they are getting, and and uh, any concern that they're being overhyped at all, and that with some of these early tough games in the non-conference here, it may be uh, hard to live up to it early on. Yeah, it might be hard to live up to it early on, but they schedule this way for a reason. Uh, as you and I both know, Mike Burns is a phenomenal job using his network and connections to really compile a compelling non-conference schedule, and they're very strategic in how they do this when it. Um, you know, comes down to their net ranking. Like they don't really schedule too many bad teams, which means there's also not too many bad losses uh, on their schedule outside of, you know, Western Oregon and Vanguard. So just uh, take care of those schools, obviously. Northwestern um, State, by the way, Northwestern State is number 334 at Ken Palm. You have to come all the way down to Cal State Fullerton at 174. So mm -hmm. they only play one, you know, there's what, 350 teams, I guess, in, in yeah. uh, Division One. They only play one team uh, outside of the top 150 or I guess close to that because Cal State Fullerton is 174. Yeah. Um, but you're talking San Francisco 93, Clemson 51, Virginia Tech 65, St. Mary's 38, North Texas 87, Washington State 84, Utah Valley 166. And that's not counting in that tournament the other teams they could play. So sorry to cut you off there, Jay, but you are correct. Oh. that uh, Outside of Northwestern State on Tuesday, December 12th, uh, every team they are scheduled to play right now is in the top half of Ken Palm. Yeah. And uh, so that's what I mean. I, you know, if they, I'm not pre predicting them to get off to a slow start or anything like that, but if they drop, you know, a, a game or two early that you don't want them to drop, this is all part of, uh, you know, a grander plan of why they schedule this way. It, it will truly help eventually, you know, once uh, the selection Sunday arrives and um, you can honestly go into the season talking about selection Sunday. And again, I don't know how many times we've been able to do that. I, 
I, I mean, BJ, I don't say this should be a tournament team. If they've been an, and if, if they have been an NCAA tournament team the last two years, um, there's yep. no reason they shouldn't be an NCAA tournament team this year. Tyson Dagenhart is entering year 13 of his basketball career at Boise State. I kid. It feels like year 13 for him. <laughs> I think he posted that on Instagram yesterday or Twitter or something, and he said year three. I feel like we could drop a one in front of that thing because he has so much experience. Um, but, you know, with him leading the way with Max Rice, uh, now an all-conference caliber player, they have done a beautifully a beautiful job of, uh, you know, working the transfer portal and adding immediate impact players that re you really feel are, ki are kind of low-risk guys. Like, you feel like they're going to come in here and really contribute. Yeah, And if you look at Leon's track record of adding guys out of the transfer portal, um, at least the last couple of years, it is really, really good with uh, Chibuzo Abo, you know, kind of being the highlight guy on this team. But uh, Cam Martin now has a has a hell of a track record of, of producing when he's healthy. So um, and then Roddy Anderson might be, you know, he might be the most athletic guy on the team. So uh, it's it's exciting times for Boise State and can't wait to see it all play out. And it tips off and under. One week, BJ. yeah. A couple of uh comments asking about the Ken Palm here, so I did go ahead and I'll pull it up here for uh the short term. Not sure legally what I'm supposed to do here, but go subscribe to Ken Palm, it's worth your 20 bucks. Uh, you get cool stuff like this, and uh, this is his projections right now. Somebody asked about the Virginia Tech game, uh, Ken Palm does project them to win that game 72 71. It's a 51% to 49% game, so basically a coin flip game against Virginia Tech on a neutral site. Uh, because mm -hmm. Boise State's 63rd in his rankings, Virginia Tech is 65 that could change uh but uh, you see a, a fairly close competitive game a seven point game against san francisco on that first sunday jay uh clemson is a close loss st mary's a one point loss on a neutral court there uh that's going to be a huge game uh but uh, not a lot of losses at least in the non-conference we're waiting to see the rest of who they end up playing um but uh you look at the conference games nevada you know three point loss san diego state at home one point loss uh at new mexico five at Colorado State, two, and then all the way down to San Diego State uh, on the road, eight. But uh, looks like, you know, if it, you know, at least right now, a, a nice stretch there late in the season to get hot going into that San Diego State game. But um, obviously, uh, you know, these will change a lot. They, a lot of this, you know, Boise State at Ken Palm, it, um, I don't know why this is, Jay, but, you know, they, they always seem to get undervalued. Three years in a row, Boise State has finished 40 spots higher at Ken Palm, uh, then at least 40 spots higher three years in a row than the preseason rankings. And a lot of that is uh, freshmen that haven't played, an Andrew Meadow, an RJ Keene, you know, guys that, that are hard to put into his computer rankings, what they might be able to do. Guys like Chibuzo Abo don't do much at Texas Tech. You know, Boise State knows they're going to have a much bigger role than that computer algorithm probably does, uh, you know, for a Cam Martin and for an Omar Stanley and Roddy Anderson. So the way Boise State puts its roster together, I think is undervalued at the beginning of the season at Ken Palm, just because it's hard for a computer to really realize a Cam Martin who played in four games last year for Kansas, what's he going to do uh, in, you know, for this team? So with that said, this is the current projections, but uh, as the season goes on, I think it takes 21 games, Jay. Every game they play, they factor out a little bit of last year's data and add in this year's data, and I think it takes 21 games. Uh, so late there, like in mid-January, is when you finally factor out you know, all of last year and you only focus on this year. Um, but 63rd with that said, with, with, you know, 40 plus spots the last three years, starting at 63rd is their highest starting point at Ken Palm since 2013, 2014 season. So, uh, there's, or maybe it was 2014, 2015, but we're going back almost 10 years since, uh, they've started 63rd. And if they continue that trend of improving, like they have, 
uh, they're going to be in a pretty good place. Yeah. I um, This team usually really tests themselves in the non-con, which really helps them for the regular season games. And it seems like that is what they are you know, trending towards again this year. The Mountain West, I think it's going to be a phenomenal basketball year. I mean, it was great last year. They had a team play for the NCAA championship in San Diego State. You look down and, you know, my preseason rankings, BJ, I'm trying to think if I had Colorado State five or six. I think I had them at five because of Isaiah Stevens. But if Isaiah Stevens in Colorado State right now is, is worthy of like a, a five, six spot in your preseason poll, yeah. It's going to show you how tough this league's going to be. Road wins are going to be extremely difficult to come by for the most part when you have half the league. That really seems like it seems like half the league, BJ, could could have a say in, in who wins this thing, all the way down, like I said, to, to Colorado State with Isaiah Stevens, who you know was in and out of the lineup last year. They have hung on to him, you know, uh with this transfer portal era. And I, I don't want to speak too much on it or assume anything because I don't I don't know Isaiah and I don't know anybody over at the uh you know, the Colorado State basketball program too well. But the fact that they have hung on to a player of his caliber, you know, through this era uh, speaks volumes of what they're doing over there. So if you go all the way down to a Colorado State, a 5-6 seed that um, is going to be competitive, it's, yeah. it's going to be a great year. And then once we finally arrive at the tournament, oh, man, it is going to be an absolute gauntlet down there. Yeah, today. and uh, we'll, we'll get in, you know, next Tuesday on game day, we'll get into more hardcore basketball talk. But uh, one more thing, Jamie, what uh, we, we, we talked about Rice, you talked about Degenhart, you talked about Abo. Uh, what newcomer? Uh, you know, you got the, th the three transfers, Roddy Anderson, Cam Martin, Omar Stanley. You have uh, Andrew Meadow. You know, Chris Lockett, I think, is the guy that may register. We'll find maybe find out more about that this week. But uh, you got Andrew Meadow. And I guess we can even throw like an RJ Keen in there that, that bear, you know, hasn't played in two and a half years, whatever. But in terms of the the newcomers or the guys that are going to you know make their first real impact on this team, who are you most intrigued to see against Vanguard next week? Um, you know, you bring up RJ Keen, and I actually kind of am intrigued to see RJ just because I feel like he could be a big difference maker in helping this program go to kind of that next level. And what I mean by that is, is, is RJ's not going to be a starter this year, you know, with, with what they bring back. But if they have a guy like him contribute, and all of a sudden their bench is seven, eight deep, like that they can really lean on, that's going to make a really big impact on this team come the end of the season where you're not looking at this and Max Rice and Ty Tyson Dagenhardt are you know, two out of the top five leaders in minutes played in the conference. I mean, they're going to get theirs because they're great players, but even taking a couple minutes off their bodies a game, the wear and tear, if you get into, you know, some of these lower tier games where, you know, you feel more confident about your bench, and you don't have to ride those guys for 30 minutes in a game like that. Um, it's going to help down the road. I, I think it's going to keep them fresher come the NCAA tournament and anything that they can do to possibly build towards that is, is a good thing because, um, you know, it's going to help them, you know, potentially achieve the, a historic win, their first ever at the NCAA tournament. And I, like I said, I, I believe it's perfectly realistic to talk about this team in that breath. I think that they have every shot to be that good this year. Um, but I would also say, like, if I to pick a new guy, Roddy Anderson. We have seen him on social media kick a 50-yard field goal. Um, we have seen him on social media. You and I were at the, uh, the team softball game this year. Yeah. Uh, he hit home runs from both sides of the plate. And uh, I just want to see what he can do on a basketball court, because if he is, you know, if he's anywhere near as good at basketball as he is at some of these other sports we've seen him play. Yeah, he is going to be fun to watch this season. I think this team's going to be more athletic than they've been in a while too. BJ. I mean, we saw Chibuzo Wabo get up and, you know, finish some alley-oops and things last year. And, 
you look at Roddy can dunk. I mean, uh, yeah, he had, in Ken, Canada, man, Ken he Martin. had two huge thunderous dunks in Canada yeah. where he just drove so, the lane and just dunked right on people. This this team has a, a chance to probably have a little more wow factor uh, this year than, than maybe some of the previous teams. Can I make a bold prediction for next Tuesday at Vanguard? Bold prediction it up. Jace Whiting starts over Roddy Anderson at point guard. Ooh, okay. We'll see. I think long term. I think long term. Roddy Anderson is this team's starting point guard. Uh, but uh, wouldn't shock me for game one against Vanguard if if Leon goes with the guy that maybe he knows a little better and and feels a little better about in a Jace Whiting at least to get the start. Okay. Just, wouldn't wouldn't shock you? Wouldn't shock yeah, you? And, and, no, wouldn't shock me. And and I uh, I just I'm, and I'm that's, saying that. No. I'm joking, buddy. Oh. I don't know that, and no one's not like I'm saying I know that, and I want to. I'm trying to act like I don't. I, I don't. I just based on some conversations I have had, you know, even going back to the summer, uh, you know, I think they're very high on Jace Whiting. I think he's improved a lot. I think they're both going to play a lot, um, but I do think long term for this team to do what they want to do. I think uh, I do think Roddy Anderson is this team's starting point guard for the long term. Uh, but I wonder if it might take a few games. I wonder if at least for the Vanguard game, wouldn't shock me at all if uh, Jace Whiting gets a start, but uh, we'll see. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody real quick asked who's going to start the five. I would guess Cam Martin, but that is a really tough battle. Mm -hmm. uh, Omar Stanley and Cam Martin both, I think, are going to play a lot of minutes, which you may see some games where maybe Roddy Anderson and Jace Whiting, neither one of them are on the floor at the same time. Maybe right. Max Wright, maybe Max Rice runs a point a little and yep. you get – uh, you know, both Martin and Stanley in the game together, there's going to be some different combinations, which I think a game like Vanguard is going to help them figure out. Don't forget, they've already basically played two games. They played Cal and beat them by 15 in a secret scrimmage, and then they played Weber State uh, just a couple days ago. Uh, so, I mean, I, I do think that uh, they ha are starting to get an idea on that. Um, Vanguard game, you know, first game with fans will be a little different, obviously. Um, but, uh, they, I mean, that's going to be a good – I mean – We've talked about you know this team, like you said, Jay has had you know times where you only they only played six players. I mean to have uh, to to have to argue over or decide who's going to start at center and who's going to start at point guard and which who's the third man off the bench. Like they're going to have eight nine guys. I think that uh, there won't be that much of a drop off when yeah. they come in, and that's a really good really good sign. We've seen this team, you know, every team in basketball battles through it, but you know they've they've had injuries in the past, and then it really starts to stretch them and their lineup, and and now you have two to three legit starters that are going to have to come off the bench for this team. The, the depth of this team, I know, I, I feel like we've we've talked about the depth in the past. It's it's almost felt like more of a, a forced topic, I, I would say. But you look at it now, and I'm like, I, I don't know how they won't be deeper this year. I, I just, I don't know how that's going to even be possible that they're not, again, seven to eight, like, legit yeah. dudes off the bench. And, and, I, I, and you, as you said, they'll, they'll go a little bit beyond that too. But in Mountain West Conference play, when the rotations really start to get you know narrow in and get focused, your your main rotations they they are they are definitely um, you know seven eight deep this year. And somebody did ask, I want to move to football talk, but somebody asked what our thoughts were on the new version of the NIT. Uh, I, I don't really like that. Um, you know, essentially what happened was Fox was trying to create this new tournament, and I think that a lot of the leagues got scared. They changed. They didn't want the NIT to become kind of obsolete so yeah two teams each for the power six conferences the next 20 at larges it hurts a lot of the smaller schools last year it would have helped the mountain west because san jose state would have got in actually based on how they pick it but mm. um i don't like it i too there it's yeah. it's moving too much towards the big guys we uh gloria navarro's kind of touched on this last week bj and i, I kind of agree with you just uh 
there's got to be a better way, whether it be the net rankings or Ken Palm or something out there that can judge how competitive and talented a league is that given year, not just awarding a league based off of its name. I mean, that, that's that's what we're kind of getting at here is, yep. and we all know like the Pac-12, I mean, the Pac-12, they were decent last year, but there have been years where the Pac-12 has been down and you feel like other conferences that are, you know, group of five have been better. Why, why should those quote unquote group of five conferences be penalized just because of conference name, not not necessarily talent. So yeah, well, we'll hopefully that's not a problem. Boys. Hopefully that's not a problem. Boise State has to worry about this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in, in all honesty, so hey, uh, we will switch and talk football. Don't go anywhere. The, the, the I see some folks in there saying they're only going to be drinking chocolate milk uh, this week, and they're getting excited for the milk can trophy. Andy Avalos ain't going to talk about it, but we can talk about <laughs> it. We'll do that in ninety seconds. Don't go anywhere here on Bronco Nation News. All Bronco Nation news broadcasts come from the Cutwater Spirits Canned Cocktail Studios. Check out one of their more than 30 flavors of premixed premium cocktails at your local gas station or grocery store. Cutwater Spirits, perfect for your next game day tailgate party. Our title sponsor is RowPaint.com. For all your commercial, industrial, residential painting needs, check out RowPaint.com. Don't forget about their concrete coatings. Transform that ugly concrete slab on your back patio in your garage in just one day. Contact rowpaint.com for a free estimate today. The official paint and coatings company of Boise State Athletics and our title sponsor at Bronco Nation News is rowpaint.com. Idaho Central Credit Union has been helping members achieve financial success for more than 80 years. There's an ICCU branch on almost every corner, but the closest is in your pocket with free e-branch mobile and online banking. See why more than 500,000 members love ICCU and join one in four Idahoans by making the switch today at ICCU. Since 1984, Ridley's Family Markets has prided itself on being a hometown food and drug store that employed value members of the local community. Ridley's Family Markets has 13 locations in the state of Idaho and many more in the surrounding states. Download the new Ridley's app to your smartphone, get savings up to 40% off at the checkout line, and find a location near you at shopridleys.com. Former Bronco Matt Bauscher is once again the number one ranked realtor in the Treasure Valley. No home is too big or too small for Matt and his team. Let them fulfill all your real estate needs at BauscherRealEstate.com. Back here live on Bronco Nation News, we got the uh, sports director at KTVB, Jay Tuss, with us. It is a, a Tuesday edition. My name is BJ Rains. As you heard, we're broadcasting from the uh, Cutwater Spirits Mobile Studios. Make sure you pick up one of their more than 30 flavors of premix premium cocktails at your local gas station or grocery store. Uh, Jay, uh, yesterday we had the press conferences, Andy Avalos, Bush, Hamden, Spencer Danielson. Uh, Mike Prater bluntly asking Andy Avalos, why is Taylor Green starting? And uh, interesting answer for me, um, because he's earned it. Uh, he's earned the chance to start, but yet for three straight games, he has not earned the chance to have more snaps uh, than Maddox Madsen. Um, what do you, I mean, Bush Hamden, you know, we should throw out there. Didn't, I don't think like he, his answer kind of like said, maybe there's a chance. I mean, he didn't say this, but the way he, when he was asked about, do you, do you start Maddox or do you think about starting Maddox? And he kind of paused and then said like, they're going to be competing this week or something to that effect. So I don't think it's a given that Taylor green is starting again on Saturday. Um, but what do you make of how it's been handled, how it's going to handle moving forward? If, if, if Maddox Madsen is going to continue to get more of the snaps, there's some thought, why don't you just start him? Um, you're letting him close in the second half, just let him play in the first half. Um, what we're seeing, what we're hearing, it still doesn't necessarily line up as we talk about every week, Jay, but uh, where are you with all this? Oh, dollar to the pot. Jay's muted. There we go. 
I thought you unmute when we come back from commercial. No, breaks. it's automatic. You, 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 you don't even have to mute it. It automatically on a commercial break mutes you. Well, you don't have to trust me. Why did it not unmute me? You must have pressed. He's, he's, folks, he's trying to turn the table on me. I have no control over the mute button. You do too. I could mute you. I just, there, Jay's muted right now. I just muted him, but I did not, I, on that one, that was all you. Okay. I thought that it came out of the commercial that unmuted, whatever. Anyways, with, um, Man, not a lot of it makes sense. I, I mean, it does. It doesn't. Like we're we're kind of told one thing on, you know, when we're when we're at the press conference, and, um, you know, we, we were told yesterday Maddox is still only getting about twenty five percent of the snaps in in practice, which should definitely suggest they do believe that Taylor Green is their starter. But then on game day, for whatever reason, the, the flow of the game often lends you know Maddox Matson to getting getting a majority of the snaps, and you know, like I said. Taylor Green almost got, you know, he gets 75% of the snaps in practice. And then Maddox Madsen almost plays 75% of the snaps on game day. And uh, that was, as we were kind of watching that one unfold, it was like, wow, Maddox is probably going to have his, you know, his, his largest percentage of snaps over Taylor of, of any game so far. And I didn't even realize that it was as, as extreme as it was, but Maddox had 51 snaps. Taylor had 21. I will say Taylor scored two touchdowns in those 21 snaps, a 49 yard bomb to, Eric McAllister, which was a beautiful, yeah. beautiful throw. They talk uh, about efficiency. They talk about efficiency. One he's very comfortable making to, especially to Emac. He, he, I think he likes throws outside the hashes. I mean, his numbers definitely suggest that. Um, but you know, he also scored a, a rushing touchdown when they really needed that to kind of you know really start to put the game away. Um, but I, I also say like sometimes I think we're letting the storyline of who was on the field get in the way of the fact that. Maddox Madsen's played good. He had his moments that, and struggles against Colorado State, but heck, who didn't? Um, the way, except except for Ashton Genty, who was unbelievable. But you know, it's just he comes in. I, I feel like he's got a great grasp of the offense. He gets through his reads, uh, and he often does it quickly. At times, he feels like he's a step ahead of the game. When you can tell, he'll. Uh, he almost creates like his own quarterback draw at times just because of what he thinks he sees in the defense. And usually it's, it's a good call. He's tough. He's accurate. And I mean, BJ, he, his last incompletion came with like seven thirty-eight left in the second quarter of that game. Mm -hmm. uh, that was his last incompletion. And he went 10 for 10 down the stretch for 124 yards, finished with a buck 47 overall and a touchdown. His quarterback efficiency rating um, for anyone in the Mountain West that's thrown over 50 attempts this season, and I believe Maddox has thrown 79, uh, his quarterback efficiency rating rank is number one. It's uh, it's over 164, and that's really, really good. That, that, that is really, really good football. Um, um, anybody would take a quarterback efficiency rating like that throughout the country. And I don't, I don't know. I I think sometimes we get caught up in, the, in who's on and on the field and who's getting what, but it also probably takes a little bit away, and I'm I'm guilty of it, man. I'm I'm as guilty of it as anyone. But yeah. Maddox Madsen has has been really impressive at times. Okay, so if that is said, and Maddox Madsen is this impressive with 25 percent of the reps, as you said, yeah. Um, at what point does it make sense, or or does it, or are we past that point where why Taylor Green is still starting? Uh, I yeah, it's a it's a great question, and honestly, I just don't think we're ever going to get the answer to it. I think it's perfectly reasonable to speculate that with the transfer portal these days, you really have to carefully navigate stuff like this and quarterback depth is, is a premium and Boise state for a long time now, hasn't had an upperclassman in that room. 
And if you can't find a way to make sure that you're accommodating and taking care of Taylor Green enough that he wants to come back next year, well, guess what? You're back in the same boat again where you have underclassmen only in that quarterback room. And I just do think there's something significant to that. I, I, I think that when you have older guys to look up to, I, I've mentioned this a number of times, I just think it's different when you have older guys to look up to when Kellen had Bush Hamden, when um, Hank Bachmeyer had Jalen Henderson. There is, an, there is a, a, a big-time value on having an older, experienced guy that just knows how to get it done in that quarterback room. And so I think that's, that's what they are carefully trying to navigate through all this. And uh, I just – Otherwise, why would it be any other way? If it, if it was the old days where it was super tough to transfer and everything, like I really do, th- I could be a hundred percent wrong on this, but I think there's there's just a little bit of uh, legitimacy to it. There has to be. There has there to be. Has to be. They're, they're, they can say, you know, and I know like Brad Bedell, Kent Riddle both come on the post game shows and said you can't for one second think about next year when you're making this decision. You have to win every game, but I, I do. There has, I, yeah, there has to be some some, some thought has to be. What are we doing at quarterback next year if Taylor Green leaves? Right. And I, here's the deal. I don't think like when they're actually like drawing up the game plan or when the actual game is going on, that's that's a thought. I, I don't I don't think that. But once you get through all of it, then that then you obviously have to just have some type of conversation or address it. Like you you do. You have to make sure that and even if it isn't talking about him leaving or the transfer portal, you have to make sure that you talk about his future and and how you see him developing and, and why it's going the way that it is right now. Those are all conversations that, that have to be had uh, so yeah. that everybody is on the same page. And I'm not a college football coach. I'm not a college quarterback. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I would just be surprised if, if some way, shape, or form, um, directly or indirectly, they aren't at least somewhat thinking or addressing how that would work out. And I don't know if runoffs right, you know, technically the right word for Bachmeyer. I guess you could say that, but Sky Ship does bring up an interesting point now. You know, if you have Bachmeyer, he ends up transferring when they do the QB controversy. If Green ends up leaving, I mean, that's two of the three years here and two years in a row, really, where we've had QB controversies and um, you know, Bachmeyer leading halfway through last season, Jay. I mean, it, it is uh you'd like to have a little more stability, I guess, at the quarterback position. I, I you know, I don't think that. You know, Bush Hamden said it. He'd rather have one. I don't think Andy Avalos loves having a two quarterback system. He'd rather just have one. But he has been pretty quick to to uh, on in both instances kind of manufacture these things. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, you kind of look back at the track record and very first game, he like second quarter last year. They were down like seventeen nothing. Yeah, but it was the season opener with your senior quarterback, and he brought in Talon Green uh, against uh, Oregon State. Clearly, there was something going wrong with with Hank in that game. Like he was off, but it took him no time, as you said, to to go to Taylor Green as a, as a redshirt freshman. Who, I mean, he's, again, he's coming off his redshirt year, so that was really like his first like actual game that he could really play in, and uh, he was thrown into the fire almost immediately. I I think the thing that you, you just want to see is is development. Um, I'm a little against fans that believe the the coaching staff is out to get Taylor. Um, that is just things that whenever you tweet about the quarterback matchup, you, you hear a lot of opinions on. And I just don't think that that is valid at all. Uh, they say that, you know, I, I've just been trying to look at this a little bit differently when we talk about Talon's confidence. And I think that anybody that is outside of that quarterback room or offensive room is going to be just a little too disconnected from what that actually is and the value of, of what uh, th- of this, th- this journey for Talon Green you know, would you rather have him on the field and fail or on the field 
finding success at moments and then trying to work behind the scenes on, you know, perceived weaknesses so that he sure. will be better for the future. And I think that that would be the, that would be the more, you know, the route that I would be confident in that would help his development eventually. And is it ideal? No, it's not ideal. But two weeks ago when I asked Bush Hamden about the situation a little bit, he did say like, you know, in season isn't really the training grounds for development. Like, yes, you take time for that totally, but you only have so much time in a week. NCA gives these guys, gives, gives coaches, I believe 20 hours a week to work with these players and anything that the player wants to devote beyond that is, is solely up to him. And it just, you know, I, I think that they like the way that Maddox Madsen prepares. I think the way that they like that he, he how he handles the offense. And maybe in terms of development, that Talon does need more snaps in practice. And, and Maddox is the type of talent that doesn't. Like, he's proven that he can go out there and perform on game day and, and be yeah. pretty efficient. So none of it's ideal. But I also think that it's worth saying it's not like coaches are just blindly throwing darts at a dartboard to figure this no, out. No, they have a like, plan. They have I a plan. Know there's jokes out there like that, but yeah, that, that that's not the case. Like, yeah, Bush Hamden's an extremely intelligent guy, and if you can't like what he, if you don't like what he's doing on offense at times, I, you, then you're you're missing it, man. Like, they have ran the ball unbelievably well this season. I mean, as well as they have in the last decade, maybe even further back than that. Um, it's not ideal at the quarterback position, but they're still finding a way to average 30 points a game, which if you look at over the course of a season, they haven't done that since uh, Brian Harson left his post at Boise State in 2020. They're averaging 427 yards of offense per game. Uh, they haven't done that since 2019, pre-COVID. And they're they're doing some nice things on offense right now. I know that at times it leaves us just completely freaking guessing. Yeah, uh, maybe they're giggling over there at, at that BJ because if we're guessing and we cover the team every day, I'm gonna guess that the opponents they go up against are really guessing at what's going on right now. Yeah, and as I've said, I would almost be happier if they just played Madsen the you know 90 percent of the time and some of the back and forth. We had a little less of the back and forth in the last game. We did. Um, it, it it was just you know Green, and then I do think that as we mentioned yesterday that the fumble, um, the fumble from Green, I think did affect is obvious now that that affected his playing time because uh, they went into that game I think giving Taylor Green a chance. He played like I think the first four drives for the most part and. Yeah. Um, we didn't see the kind of go to Talon on the first third down. They left him in there. He threw the ball to Emac. I mean, I, I think they were really giving uh, Talon Green, and I was very happy to see that. And he was he was starting to run with it, and then uh, that fumble uh, really just for what. And Bush even admitted like he had an emotional decision. You know, basically like get him out of there. We can't have this fumble. And then Maddox Madsen got a chance, and he ran with it then you know, when he got the chance. And I do think that fumble really hurt Talon's playing time in that game. Probably. Uh, that, I mean, we've seen Ashton Genty, who leads the country still in all-purpose yards and is tied for first in touchdown. Touchdowns have to sit down for a little while because of, of fumbling the football. So if you're going to do that to him, you can do that for anybody on your offense. And maybe that's exactly what happened, BJ. Uh, I just – I think that – there's just it just seems like there's a lot of chaos around this decision right now and it really is trying to seemingly divide bronco nation at times and i don't think that that's the way that it has to be um there's only a couple people that truly have feelings that matter of what of what's going on right now and uh they wear number 10 four and then they call plays for number 10 and number four and outside of that like you know anybody's opinion just 
probably shouldn't really influence much of what's going on right now. And I yeah. don't want to make this seem like one or two tweets is the vast majority because it's not. But I have had people tweet back at me like, I'd rather just, you know, this team only win four games the entire season and just ride it out with Talon and see him develop. So you're telling me that if you lose every single game from here on out, which that would not, I, that would not no, happen. If Taylor Green got to play every snap the rest of the season, I bet you they go three and one. Okay, okay. I'm just throwing out hypotheticals here based off of sure. again a couple people replying to me that said, "I don't care if they don't win a game the rest of the season as long as Taylor Green is on the field." That that would not be a good thing for the program. That would be a terrible thing for the program. And then do you actually think like that would be a good thing for Taylor Green? Like just being on the field but losing every game? That would be a terrible idea. I'm yeah. DJ, I, I want to reiterate, I'm not saying that I would think that they would lose every game if Taylor Green was on the field for for every play the rest of the season. That, that's not what I'm saying. I'm only saying like the the irrational people that have replied to some of my stuff on Twitter, like I just have to dismiss that. I think that would yeah. be an awful idea for everyone involved. I just think that it is a we need to see progress out of out of Talon. We need to see the offense continue to progress and be efficient and, and have a rhythm. I feel like we saw that. We saw that against Wyoming. Now they have to do it against a much better team in Fresno State on the road. Can they manage that? Um, they have to prove that they can. And it's going to be little things like, you know, Talon's footwork and his in his pocket presence and things like that, because I there are I don't know why we have to say this every time. There are things that Taylor can do that other quarterbacks can't. Okay, there I said it. Um, there's also things that Maddox Madsen can do that are superior to Taylor at the moment. And and that is that involves hanging in the pocket and delivering the ball over the middle of the field. That's not an opinion. Go look at the stats. Like they're right there for you to see. Um, that those are things that this offense demands, throwing the ball on time. Maddox is simply get better at throwing the ball on time in the rhythm of this offense. I mean, you could even go back to the Colorado State game with Dirk Cutter, who is the former offensive coordinator here for Taylor Green in Boise State. And I just remember on one or two throws where Taylor threw it and he said, hey, Taylor's a little late on that. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I'm sure that he knows way more about what's going on than I do, right? And so there, there are just little hints that the growth, the development, it is still a process. Taylor is only a sophomore. You just want to see him continue to make progress the rest of the season. A couple other quick uh, hitters that I want to touch on. The turnover margin that needs to clean up here for Boise State. George Halani returning as well. We'll do that in uh, 90 seconds. Don't go anywhere here on Bronco Nation News. Bronco Nation News is sponsored by Tommy Alquist and Ball Ventures Alquist, Idaho's premier commercial real estate development company. BVA projects specialize in office, retail, flex, medical, and industrial spaces located at some of the most strategic and visible locations in the Valley. Need a developer? Looking for new space? Think BVA. At BVA, we are Idaho's developer. The Nicolaisen family and SON management have proudly been operating Taco Bell restaurants in and around the Treasure Valley since 1969. One of the first to make a seven-figure donation to the Lyle Smith Society, they've also stepped up their support at Boise State Athletics with the Taco Bell Men's and Women's Basketball Endowed Scholarships. The Nicolaisen family and SON management have committed at least $310,000 by 2026. Get more information on their financial support at Boise State Athletics and find information on applying to work at Taco Bell at TacoBellWorks.com. Lithia Ford of Boise is a proud supporter of Boise State Athletics and the official car and truck of the Broncos. Lithia Ford of Boise supports Bronco student-athletes through NIL deals, including providing Ford vehicles to Taylor Green and Riley Smith from the football team and Paige Barsh from the volleyball team. Rain's family purchased RF-150 from Lithia Ford 
Couldn't be happier with the purchase. Check out the all-electric F-150 Lightning or the electric Mustang Mach-E at Lithia Ford and make sure to check out their full inventory of vehicles at LithiaFordBoise.com. The Blue and Orange Store is the perfect spot to get all your gear for your next Bronco game. The Blue and Orange Store has official Nike apparel, including jerseys, shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, hats, and more. Wear what the Broncos wear and get it at the Blue and Orange Store, the second floor of the Boise Town Square Mall, or get free shipping on a $40 order online at theblueandorangestore.com. All right, back for our uh, final segment of the show here. We got about five minutes left, Jay, uh, as we uh, now uh, contractually are able to have 45 minutes with Jay Tuss. We'll be uh, adding to his paycheck, so we appreciate Jay for agreeing, uh, Camille probably more importantly for agreeing yeah. to uh, allow for the extra 10 or so minutes here on these shows. And so uh, we're able to... Like, I would like to point out that the mute button went off after that last commercial. Yeah, that's what it usually does. Look where my hands are. They're on, underneath the table. I'm not even touch. I didn't touch it. <laughs> I told you it automatically mutes but, when you play hey, the commercial. It, it, it automatically it mutes. time. Okay, something happened. Matrix, I think so you might before the commercial break, you might have pressed it or something. I don't know. Okay, wish I had a short video clip to try it, but I don't. But uh, <laughs> uh anyway, yeah, we get anyway. Tuesdays and Fridays are now forty-five minutes with Jay. Hopefully, some good news on that with the uh, other hosts as well moving forward as we're working through some things. But uh, Jay uh, minus six for the season in the turnover margin. Um, you know the the. Uh, Offense has 15 turnovers through eight games. The defense, maybe more alarming, has only uh, come up with nine turnovers uh, on defense through eight games. Uh, which one, I guess, is more concerning? The defense not you know, only getting about one a game, the offense giving up almost two a game. And I guess it's an obvious answer here, but uh, down the stretch, how important on these last four games is the, the turnover battle going to be? Pretty important. Uh, it begins this week in Fresno. You, you need to play... Probably you need to play your best game of the season. Um, we've seen Boise State put it together at times. We saw them put together their best four-quarter effort against Wyoming last week. I would still say that if I was going to give that great game an overall grade, just because of the fact they did turn it over a couple of times, and that definitely takes your grade down, you're still probably looking at a B. Um, if they don't have any turnovers in that game, BJ, it's 40 to nothing. I mean, the only reason why Wyoming yep. even got any points is because there was a muffed punt. Outside of that, they didn't sniff the end zone, yep. you know? And so if, if, if you take the turnovers out of that game and they play a true A game, you're looking at 40 to nothing or maybe even beyond against, again, a Wyoming team that rolled in at 5-2 and two and was competitive against Texas and Air Force. And so it, it's going to probably take that A type of effort to go down to Fresno State and pull an upset. Boise State, if you look at ESPN's football power index, they have a you know well less than 50% chance of winning this game. Um, they are an underdog in Vegas. I believe the last I saw, BJ, was minus three by your boys over at Circa. Yep. Um, so Fresno there are State. There are boys. You're on the BNN payroll. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, Fresno State favored by three. I, I believe that's what the, I last saw from them. And – they're going to have to play an A game to, to go down there and, and get a victory. They're capable of doing it. Uh, when they went there in Andy Avalos' debut season in 2021, uh, not many people were giving them a chance. And Fresno State, I believe, was favored by even more with Jake Hayner at quarterback. Yeah. And the Broncos absolutely blew out the Bulldogs. I think it was 40-14 to 14 the final. George Halani had a really big game for, for Boise State. Might have to have another really big game for Boise State. And... um. They're going to have to play their A game, BJ, and, and hopefully they can it's, – it's game nine, right? So yep. if there's ever a time where you should be able to put together your A game, 
it, it's probably game nine of the season, a, a week or so after your bye. It is uh, still plus three from our friends at Circus Sports, over under of 55, and uh, Boise State is plus 130 on the money line. Fresno State is minus 150 over uh, right now. 55. Seem a little low to you? That seems a little low. Yeah, that does seem so a little they're low. They're thinking, what, 29-26? Something huh. like that, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe final thing though, which could impact that Ashton Genty. We don't know his status going into this game on Saturday. Um, the, you know, Bush Hamden, had- Bush Hamden kind of came out and admitted he was dealing with something even before the game, which was right. interesting having a bye week, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden he's, uh, dealing with something. I'm, I'm just going to say this. I'm not surprised. Like seeing some of the hits he takes and some of the punishing he takes, like if you would have given me some sort of odds on, uh, you know, after the second or third game of him, of Ashton Genty playing in every game this season, I would have said, I would have probably not taken that. Like, I, I think he, let's just be honest. It's football. It's a, the running back is such a brutal position. It's so hard to stay healthy for a full season. You hope it's just one or two, you know, you hope it's one game. I mean, you hope it's none. You, you hope there's a way you can get back out there on Saturday. Um, I we were neither one of us, so we could do the show. We're not at practice today. I haven't seen if there's any photos or videos yet on social media of uh, him practicing. We'll try to get out there tomorrow. Um, but uh, I, I just I, I you know usually when you leave the game early, it's tough to play in the next week's game, Jay. So we'll we'll see what happens. But um, that would be quite the task going on the road trying to beat Fresno State without Ashton Genty. But nice to have a guy like uh, George Helani uh, be waiting in the wings to come back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think that they'd made a good call. It sounds like they got Ashton out of that game at the appropriate time. It, it didn't sound like they were like trying to test him or push him in that contest. Bush identified it kind of early. They spoke with George. George seemed like he was willing and able and, and ready to do whatever they wanted. And maybe that I'm, I'm going to guess that was probably a good thing and not to not to push Ashton any more than they had to. And George stepped up. He was fine. Um, this is not a knock by any means. I've seen peak George Halani, and as good as George was last week, I, I still think like he's he's getting back. He's working to get back. It's only been about a week or so since he's been able to run on land, meaning you know he's probably doing some assisted stuff in the pool as he was rehabbing. And I think you're going to see a better version of George Halani even as the rest of the season progresses here, just as he continues to get his legs back under him and and really can make those cuts that he's been known to make here at Boise state and his burst, his acceleration, his toughness. I did. I love the fact that he's back. I don't, I, I, you know, I know we say a lot of times like, Hey, this kid's a good kid. This kid's a good kid. George Halani is like, I mean, there, there are a few better than him in, in my opinion, in, in terms of his approach, his selflessness, his demeanor, his leadership, his toughness, the list goes on and on is his ability to battle back from adversity uh, if you talk about George Helani, you should talk about as highly as anyone in that football building right now. No doubt. And like I said, it's a nice luxury. They just got really lucky with the timing that he was back and was able to go, you know, over the, the pitch count they had for him in that game. And now if you are without Ashton Genty uh, to have a two time thousand yard rusher ready to take the load, you know, and have a week of practice for the game plan and stuff. Uh, not many teams have that luxury. So that'll nope. be uh Nice for, for Boise State going into Saturday. Appreciate it, Jay, as always. I think we're going to switch it up and do Thursday, I believe, right? Uh, this week, maybe. I'm not sure yet. Uh, okay. I think Thursday. Did we say Thursday? I think, I think that's yeah, what Mike you Prater, mentioned Mike Prater's going to the U2 concert, and he's flying back Thursday. So we're going to do Mike Prater, on, I believe, on Friday. Okay. Um, if you can do Thursday, that would be great. Um, then you won't have to wake up whoever's in – 
uh, in your hotel room in Fresno on Friday morning at 8 a.m. I'd rather but, wake them up than my, my okay. You know, my All right. Well, we'll we can now we can do both days if you want. You know, we can yeah. uh, we'll we'll figure it out. But Jay, appreciate it as always. Hey, Thanks everybody for checking us out. We have well over 100 people watching this video pretty much from start to finish. So the viewership's going up. Appreciate it as always. Week from tonight, the basketball team's back in action. We'll have some interviews this week and some stories there as well. I know Jay will have it covered on KTVB. We'll have you at Bronco Nation News as well. And then uh, inching closer, getting you set for Saturday's football game at Fresno State. And, uh, again, ball talk coming on Thursday night. I'll have uh, John Mallory tomorrow morning. When's Jay's Sports Bar come out? Uh, should be out tomorrow night. Okay, Jay's Sports Bar with uh, Shane Williams, Rhodes, and Jay. Make sure you check out their podcast as well. That'll be out tomorrow. So have a great rest of your day. Go check bronconationnews.com. Go subscribe. We appreciate all you guys. Have a great day. Bronco Nation News Live, bronconationnews.com. You looking for a new job? Well, how about getting into the trucking industry? Our friends at Transportation Compliance Service can help you every step of the way, whether it's the big rig on your screen, the Amazon truck in your neighborhood, all the paperwork, all the things you need. Let them help you out. Transcomservice.com. They'll have you out there towing that first load in no time. Transcomservice.com. United Commercial Insurance makes business insurance easy. They can write business policy insurance in 44 states around the country. UnitedCommercialInsurance.com. Give them a call, 229-8222. Bronco Nation News, a proud client of United Commercial Insurance. We highly recommend you do as well at UnitedCommercialInsurance.com. The Reigns family is happy to have made the switch to Boise Dentistry Co. Highly recommend you do as well. Dr. Miner and his staff, full family dentistry for the whole family. They make it an enjoyable experience to go to the dentist, and we highly recommend you check them out. Five locations in the Treasure Valley. You may think you're happy with your dentist. You'll be even happier if you make the switch to Dr. Miner and company. Check them out online, boisedentistryco.com. The pounds continue to fall off, and it's thanks to Dave and our friends over at Lean Feast. Check them out, leanfeast.com slash meridian. Full customizable meal prep. You want to go into the store, pick out your meals individually. That's great. It's right there on Eagle Road in Meridian. Or you can do it all online at leanfeast.com slash Meridian, and they'll deliver it to you. 208-487-5782. They're feeding the football team, the basketball team, Taylor Green, Ashton Genty, Tyson Degenhart, and more. Check them out. Lean Feast. Leanfeast.com slash Meridian. Still time to get that fall round of golf in, and you need to do it at Timberstone Golf Course out in Caldwell. Book a tee time at playtimberstone.com. The best greens in the valley, new technology, new golf carts, friendly environment, fun, challenging course. Check them out, Timberstone Golf Course. Book your tee time today, and I'll see you out there, playtimberstone.com.